Hey, what's up, Sick and Wrong? This is Scott Veritas in Austin. I was just listening to a phone call about, uh, I guess, stoned as hell guy calling about the Zodiac Killer trying to make some weird, it might be wackerly statement, whatever. But you have to keep in mind that the, the first confirmed Zodiac killing was in 1968, and the last one, Paul Paul Stein in the Presidio uh, was in 1969. Those are the only confirmed ones. And given the wackily was born until 1975. It's about the dumbest shit I've ever heard. Okay, anyway, keep it sick, keep it on. Later, fellas. This is Sick and Wrong, the world's source for antisocial commentary. Brought to you by AdamandEve.com. Good evening. Welcome to Sick and Wrong, the world's source for antisocial commentary. I'm one of your hosts, E. Simon. I'm Lance Wackerly. It's Craig and Wackerly. Uh, nothing. It's the uh, LA Marathon tomorrow. I'm dreading it. You're not trained up enough or what? Why are you dreading it? Dude, they block off, like, so I live in Hollywood. They just block off. Hollywood and Sunset, completely blocked off. And it's, you'd think, well, it's a marathon, so it starts at, like, 7 a.m. No, it goes right. all day, so. <laughs> yeah, because people walk that shit. They'll be like, I'm uh, going to be in the marathon. Oh, really? I didn't know you are a marathon. Well, I'm walking it. I'm walking <laughs> like, it, You're going to fucking walk 26 miles? My last time was 12 hours. <laughs> ah, dude, that, yeah, that's what they do. You can pledge to have them finish this marathon that they're walking for 12 hours yeah. so they can donate the uh, proceeds to uh, breast cancer or something. Or yeah, there should, be a, there should be a time cut off. Like, I mean, what's a, I don't even know what a good marathon time is. Like, four hours or Yeah, something? I think it's four hours. Like, if you can't like do the, it in six, like, we're, we're opening the streets back up. <laughs> just people are just mowing down the walkers. Well, there's something like that because, well, you know, traffic in Hollywood is already bad. Like, just on a any Sunday afternoon, traffic sucks. It's going to be bad. You're going to be uh, stuck at lights. You're, you know, there are no left turn arrows. So you're just stuck in traffic. Right. Then they block off Hollywood and Sunset, two major thoroughfares. Now you're just fucked. So I'm not even going to leave my house. Were you going to anyways? No, I'm probably just going to sit here looking at porn. But <laughs> anyway, play, just you're like, playing track and field on your TV. I couldn't do it anyway. Yeah, I'm not happy about it. Are there any hotties in it? I never considered that. I guess usually marathon chicks are like ultra flat and no ass. There's a heat wave, so there's going to be some really hot people. You know, aren't they saying people might die? Running in this marathon? Yeah, they have extra. I heard on the radio they have extra paramedics because uh, it goes all the way to like uh, Santa Monica or something, right? Oh, I'm not sure if it goes that far. Yeah, actually, I think it does. I think you, yeah, you can go. Yeah, I think they said the they were they had extra paramedics in Santa Monica because they, they it's it's a it's a catch twenty two, right? Like the people are, who are in super shape will finish in a re- reasonable time before it gets super hot, you know, cause they'll be done by like, you know, 10 30 or something. Cause they're from Kenya, 
you know. But that's Ethiopia. the other thing. Nobody else can deal with the heat anyway. Yeah. It's the fat slobs who take forever, who like aren't going to be done until like the hottest part of the day, and they're going to be the ones keeling over. It's like those Jewish entertainment execs are trying to do this to prove to their friends that they can actually run a marathon, and they're the people who are going to keel over. I'm imagining. Uh, I'm Larry schwitzing da- Larry, Larry David. <laughs> I'm finishing. <laughs> Yeah, I, I doubt that would happen. Yeah, I, good. I'm fine. I'm happy with that. I mean, that, that's fine. There's just less people in LA to uh, block up the streets. Um, and I feel like that's an, like an occupational hazard. I, you, you should expect that. It sucks for the fact that they're blocking up streets, but all those people aren't in their cars. That's going to be a plus, net plus. Yeah, but, but that but the streets are blocked off, so the cars are being right. directed to other streets. So there's yeah, just, I guess it doesn't yeah, help. I mean, I'm just not leaving my house anyway. The Prius is going to remain stabled. Yeah, it's going to be uh, hibernating in my garage. So speaking of uh, paramedics, did you hear my sister went to the hospital uh, uh, last night? Last night? No, no, two nights ago. Two nights ago. Well, I heard she was having issues last week because she didn't make it to my fucking birthday, unless that was a lie. But she was having issues this whole week. Um, she The, the night of she your culminated. birthday. Well, the night of your birthday, she was in the hospital. And uh, then uh, this whole week she was in the hospital up until, uh, or just off and on she was in the hospital. She had to go to the emergency okay. room like two or I three times. I take it she's not dead because you're awfully chipper. Yeah, I'm chipper. And I'm actually doing the show. Actually, she's dead. <laughs> Did you hear my sister died? On with the craft, on with the podcast. Episode 479. Yeah, I doubt that would happen. But no, she, um, she passed a kidney stone. That's and never happened to me. But it's you, happened you to my be wife. You on wood. Not while I've uh, been with her, and it's happened to some of my friends. It's more common than you think, is what I'm trying to say. But you know what's weird about this is I've read that it's more common with men to have kidney stones than, than women. But and the people I know who have passed a kidney stone, it's all it, they all it's all been women. No, I've known guys. For me, it seems like it's fifty fifty. Like uh, Lenora had uh, two kidney stones last year. My sister. Is it from diet? It's, they say it's dehydration. Oh, dehydration. And stress, I think, would be involved as well. But Stress. It's mostly that seems, that seems like a very new agey type of explanation. Well, I don't, I don't know. Maybe you've just been very stressed. My body's producing crystals. Well, maybe physiologically you're, you know, you're stressed out and you're not, you know, you cause yourself to be dehydrated because you're not drinking more. Or that whatever. I was, yes, I would agree with that. And so then what it is, I think it's like a, I don't know if it's a calcium deposit or whatever, whatever but. Some type of assault. They say it's more painful than uh, giving birth. Oh. So well, now your say? sister can have a kid and just be like, oh, I don't care. Yeah, it doesn't even compare with kidney stone. That seemed, that also seems like an old wives tale because a baby, from what I've seen, is very large and <laughs> larger than a kidney stone. That yeah, I've but seen. it's going through this stretchy vaginal canal. Dude, oh, this a kidney stone hole. is going through like this tiny little, uh, what is it, like your, your bladder, your urethra, whatever it is. Still, relatively, relative to the size of the hole, the baby seems larger as a multiple of, you know, the, diam- or, yeah, the diameter of the birth canal. I think I think the issue that I think is is the sharpness of the edges because it's like a you know it's like a sharp little rock. Well, that, that's Whereas the, the thing, baby though. is generally sort of round and smooth. My sister was in like excruciating pain. She she went to the hospital and she had to see a urologist and they like X-rayed her and the guy's like, ooh, 
you know, most of these are round and people can pass those, but yours is square. <laughs> it's so, shaped like a <laughs> shaped like a ninja throwing star. <laughs> it's like a shuriken. So uh, you're gonna be you're gonna be in some pain. You ever see one of those sea urchins? <laughs> it looks sort of like that. Ouch. But yeah, no. So she was upset, and she's like, "The guy's like, you know, keep drinking water, and maybe you'll pass it. Here's some Vicodin. Here's some Dilaudid." You know, so she's been like all hopped up on goofballs and painkillers and opiates, uh, hoping to be able to pass this thing. And the thing is with my sister, it blows my mind. It's like, okay, a normal person like you or me, if uh, I was up all night in excruciating pain, trying to pass a a square-shaped kidney stone through my urethra, I wouldn't be going to work in the morning. I would have texted my boss or called my boss and said, hey... I've been up all night because I'm trying to pass this kidney stone. They'd be like, okay, fine, just rest up. Plus, I took a fuckload yeah, of Vicodin, fuck, and I probably shouldn't of drive. Opium. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, my sister, though, she, like, you know, will take a fuckload of opium, be up all night trying to pass this kidney stone, and then go to work at, like, 9 a.m. to help some bridezilla get married. Right. Yeah, it's insanity. But anyway, uh, the reason I mentioned this is this morning I wake up, and uh, I get a text from her. And she posts this disgusting, just this foul, like vile picture of this black square-shaped kidney stone that came out of her. <laughs> Is yeah. it floating in the toilet, or did she make Big Jer like fish it out with a one of those uh, nets? I think he fished it out with his fingers. I mean, it was like on the ground of the, uh, the, 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 or I think it actually was on the back of the tank of the toilet. And it just, <laughs> it's just like gross, like black urine-covered kidney stone. What did they name it? I, you know, I wonder. Casper? Child. Yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> Big Jer the second. Jer Jr. Jer Jr. So do you think if uh, you're passing a kidney stone, would it be better to have a smaller penis than a long penis? Because you'd think it'd be... You're it, shorter. You're shorter. So you, you want a your shorter urethra, dick that has a very wide hole. Yeah, but your urethra would probably be shorter too. I mean, I'm no doctor here. I'm no urologist. <laughs> you think that there's never been any proven link between <laughs> link between urethra length and penis size, which obviously there has. I'm just wondering, though. I mean, if you had, uh, you know, a smaller penis, if it's like okay, that, with a wider hole, you know, if it would be easier yeah. to pass one of these things, it just rolls out like a kid going on a slide. <laughs> you wouldn't even know you had it. <laughs> So, um, did you read about that new uh, study that gave the definitive answer? Finally answered all the questions here about the average penis size. Yeah. It's a British study. I think think every every man was happy with it, except for a small group of men. Well, I guess it's 50% of men. A small group of men. No pun intended. Yeah. Um, But really, it's not a small group. It's like half are still going to be angry. They said 68%. Right? Fall into that category? It's more than half. I guess I'm trying to make a math joke or some kind of observation. That <laughs> I mean, the study says, like, here's the average length, which I, you know, with me, I'm like, oh, okay, I guess I'm doing all right then. But there's still half of people, since it's the average, who are like, God damn it, I still didn't make the cut. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like you read articles like this. Like, for me, I'm about average. So for me, it's like, okay, this actually makes me feel a little bit better. Right. Yeah, I read this. I'm like, all right, I, but I'm not like, you know, I'm not, I'm not obsessed with just dick size. Like, I, I don't stay up at night wondering if my dick is the same size as as my coworkers' dicks. It's not nothing that's ever really bothered me. Every <laughs> you're, gr- you're hanging out in the bathroom way too much at work. 
D's in there. D's taking a bathroom break again. You know, whenever other guys go in, he always seems to have to go himself. You're just looking. Yeah, but when mm. you've had girlfriends, though, like, and then they've discussed, I mean, have they ever mentioned, like, okay, yeah, you're about normal sized? Not like, as big as my last three <laughs> boyfriends, but. I've, I've had girlfriends that have been like, oh, yeah, you know, I had one boyfriend that his dick was so big it hurt during sex. Yeah, yours doesn't, doesn't hurt at all. Actually, we could even have <laughs> anal sex. It's fine. <laughs> Which I'm so like, cute. okay. I Fish. love your penis. It's so cute. It's like a little smurf. <laughs> but no, I've never had a woman be like, wow, your dick is tiny. And, uh, you know, whereas I, I think what would happen is eventually it's like the girl probably wouldn't date you that long. Like, have you heard talk to, to women who have dated guys with like a micro penis? Maybe not a micro Not in real life, really but we've had penis. calls, right? Where, where girls have been like, oh, yeah, I was. We've had calls where women call in and they, they tell us some experiences with like, like usually it's like a muscular dude, right? And they're like, oh, this guy's so hot. And then it's a one night stand and they get him back to their apartment and they're like, and he had little like one inch dick. <laughs> Tiny Willie. Yeah. But do, you know, the thing is, I think every woman out there has had an experience with a guy who's undersized, like below average. And in, and in this study, if you look at this study, it's like below average is like what? Like under four, four inches. Well, let's let's get let's define our terms here. <laughs> Are we talking about erect or soft? Okay. Well, here's what here's what happened with this study. Let me let me go here. So this is supposed to be the end all be all penis size. It's the definitive study about how your it goes penis, back to like fifty years or something, right? Yeah, and it, and what they did is is uh, they just went through and uh, compiled all this data from previous studies. It's a study of studies to create the ultimate graph of penis size to answer. The, the burning question here, how does your penis compare to all the others? Somebody went to med school to do this study, by the way. <laughs> but, you know, that's not something that I, I swear. It's like I've never had like this, never been on the forefront of my mind. Although every guy I'm sure thinks of this. I mean, I never. Well, I've, no, <laughs> you, you of say you don't, you don't dwell on it. And you haven't dwelled on it. I don't dwell it, on you've it. You've never been watching a porn and been like, God damn. And then look down at your own dick because you have it out because you're masturbating. And you're like, oh. You know, every porn I look at and be like, God damn. Like, <laughs> there's, there's some porns where the guy has a normal size cock, but the then there's others porns. where you're just like, yeah. where just for a second you're like, is that what most dudes' cocks look like? Because it's like, you know, 18 inches long and like as big around as a Louisville slugger. Well, you look at the, those one porns that are just called monster cock. That's like one of the, yeah. uh, the tags. You're just like, really? Jesus. It's like, oh, what girl would enjoy that? I don't know. I mean, that's what goes through your head. You're like, I, do girls like that? Is that what they're looking for? Because I'm not fulfilling that. You know, it probably does actually concern you more when you're younger, you know, more insecure. I think by the time you're like our age, it's just like, yeah, women don't cry or laugh when I pull my dick out. So yeah, they're just it's, like, it's fine. Eh. All right. <laughs> meh. Meh. It's, it's usually like a meh. It'll yeah. work. Just get it over with. Yeah, I don't want to, to force sleep. him to wear a strap on. I got to do my nails later. Get this done. <laughs> I've actually spoken to a girl at uh, that I worked with at a strip club that you know had a guy that she'd have sex with that had a dick so small she had him wear a strap on. Could you imagine that? I'd be like, get out. <laughs> I've heard this problem. Uh, well, you've also heard girls who've been like, it was too big, right? Like we yeah, couldn't yeah, have sex because no. he was too big. And then I've also heard the thing from guys who have big cocks, I guess, who are like, I can't even get it all the way in. So it's like trying to masturbate just the end of my cock, you know? Yeah, and then I've heard other complaints where, uh, actually, I think I've heard gay dudes say this, is like guys with huge cocks, they don't get really hard. 
because just not enough, you know, their heart can't pump enough blood to get the thing like hard. So it's like, yeah, the guy's got a big cock, but it's kind of like a nerf cock. Well, you'd probably pass out. I mean, if you think about it, all the blood rushing right. to your dick and it's like <laughs> you still can't get in a, you know, a, an erection. Right. Yeah, no, I'm fine. I'm comfortable being average. And I, but I think, I, okay, I agree with you. Yeah, but when I was younger, obviously you're more insecure about it because you're like, uh, you know, does my dick compare to others? So I think that was the, the impetus behind this study is they're like, you know, let's going to ask that question. So what they found here was that the average flaccid dick measures 3.61 inches in length and 3.66 in circumference, which I didn't think anyone ever actually measured that. <laughs> It's just kind of funny. It's like, well, okay, baby, you know, I I don't have the length, but my circ, (laughs) pretty big, the girth. Well, the thing about circ is, uh, because there's all these questions about how you measure the length, right? But there's really only one way to measure the circ. The circ, yeah, and just right around it. It's just right around. Unless you had like a weird dick that was like way wider at the base than the tip, but I don't think that's very common. corkscrew penis? Well, when you're measuring um, the length, everybody's always like, well, do you do it from the back of the walls, the front of the balls, on the top, the bottom? <laughs> the back of the balls. <laughs> the day. I measure it from my asshole. I actually measure it from the back of my neck, reaching all the way down around, and it's like, uh, I don't know, 28 it's about inches. about four inches. <laughs> um, when erect, the average penis is 5.16 inches long. And 4.69 Cirque. So um, there's a wide range of sizes. So there you go, guys. You should feel better about that. They say that when erect, 68% of men fall between 4.5 and 5.8. So I'm comfortable being in that 68%. Why is this uh, study all in inches? Because didn't you say it was from uh, the British Association? Yeah, Don't they go they, on the metric they system? Inches. They use or inches. do they just can make all the conversions for us stupid-ass Americans? I think uh, the Brit, uh, Brits use inches and yards. It's just the rest of Europe is on the metric uh, system. Well, it is called the uh, imperial system, right, from Greenwich. Um, so uh, the colleagues here, the mirror that, that done this study here, are unsure if showing this, this graph, this nomogram to men would help or hurt. Because they worry that, and even if they understand the math behind the averages, th- those who still measure under average will feel even worse now after reading this. <laughs> I Which I mean, 50%, if, right? Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, you're like, okay, so 70% of men fall between 4.5 and 5.8 inches. Well, now I'm in the other 32% that's like the 2.5. Yeah, the two-inch club. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I mean, those guys have always opted for suicide <laughs> or, uh, or wearing that strap on. Well, now they have an option. Mm. Which is interesting. So, what is um, that option? Penis transplant. Which, I mean, people before would have been like, what are you talking about? Some kind of weird Frankenstein type of thing here. Um, but no, and uh, just uh, this, this past week, scientists, or surgeons actually, surgeons in uh, South Africa managed to attach a donor penis to a 21-year-old man. <laughs> so, but this, you know, this case wasn't because the guy had a tiny cock. Like the reason this guy got a penis transplant was because he had a botched traditional circumcision that happened three years ago that left him with like a permanent disfigured penis. The key word being traditional, right? Yeah. This isn't like in a hospital. It's like, oh. It's kind of crazy. You know, you think about this because, you know, circumcision is a traditional, um, you know, a tradition of Judaism. But, there, you know, you do it when you're like a few days old. Moyle mm-hmm. comes over. We, we discuss this. 
cuts the tip of your dick, sucks a little blood out, you're ready to go, you know? Um, A lot of Aboriginal tribes do this kind of shit, though, too, is where you're going with this, right? Well, Nelson Mandela wrote in his uh, biography that uh, it's a rite of passage for young South Africans. And what they do is they do it when they're like 14, like 13. And they describe it, it, they they cut off the tip of your dick, and then they just let you wander in the bush. So you have a traditional stay in the bush. So they cut the tip of your dick off, and they're just like, go wander, son. And I'm sure they're not using some kind of sterilized scalpel, right? They're using like a rock on a stick. Or some kind of spear-like instrument. I don't, you know, I don't know. A rhino's horn. <laughs> but they say 250 initiates lose their penises to amputation each year. And many more suffer horrific disfigurements because of unskilled practitioners. It's a witch doctor doing it. You know, it's not a boil. It's not some guy named Murray. You know, Dr. Murray, who's a local urologist. You know, I, I'm fine with Jewish doctors cutting the tip of my dick off. You know, but it's like, yeah, when you get this uh, witch doctor coming over with the rhino horn, and then you got to wander the bush. I think we all, I think we, everybody has a mental image of a witch doctor in their head, which is, I think is funny. <laughs> everybody does. No, he's like, you, oh yeah, witch doctor. I could picture that. You got, like, got like that, that bone, weird mask on. <laughs> and you got that bone thing through your nose. Right. Lots of feathers. Feathers, yes. Yeah. A weird feather, like ostrich feather skirt type thing. It's scary. I think most people's <laughs> image of a witch doctor comes from the final stage of that game, Jungle Hunt. <laughs> so the nine-hour operation involved the attachment of a penis taken from a donor who had recently died. It was carried out in December. No, that was my next question. <laughs> the guy, the recipient of the donor penis has made a full recovery and is sexually active. But yeah, I think I know where you're going with this. Do you get to choose the donor? Well, <laughs> I mean, there's only so many people who are, you know, in an accident, a fatal accident. Yeah, but I mean, if there's like five people, like, do, do the doctors just, okay, this is a healthy organ. We're going to grab mm-hmm. this one. It's, you know, right. the guy just died. Or do you think they, they have five of them and they're just like, you want to take a look, see which one you want? <laughs> it's like going to the hair salon and they open up the catalog. <laughs> This would look great on you. Yeah. You have that shape of uh, hips. <laughs> you have the square hips, not the round hips. Do you think you would be like, okay, yeah, but Doc, these are all flaccid. Can you um, can pump, you pump them up one a little bit? <laughs> <laughs> sure. I just want to see just in general how big they get. Yeah. I would want to take a look. I mean, because dicks can be weird shaped, curved. Like, would you be Walvis. pissed if they give you one and it's just like this weird bell-shaped curved dick? Right. It looks like a shillelagh. <laughs> I don't want a shillelagh shaped dick, doctor. Or maybe you do. <laughs> no, but I mean, I, I want would... something a little more exotic. <laughs> well, something with do. a curve in it. We have this narwhal shaped penis. <laughs> All right, that works. Works for me. What's your return policy? <laughs> uh, well, it's uh, <laughs> thirty thousand miles. <laughs> no questions asked. Can I get a lease option? Yeah, what if they would take it back? Like repo. Um, Nine other patients are now scheduled for transplants, which uh, could also help those with penile cancer and severe erectile dysfunction, which is odd to me. So if you can't get a boner, instead of giving you like Viagra or something, or the don't think of you like that balloon thing to pump your dick up. I've heard of all these things, yes. I I imagine you have to have really severe erectile dysfunction if they're like, okay, we're going to have to get you a donor penis. Because in that case, they got to cut your dick off and then put another one on. Uh, 
Is erectile dysfunction really a problem with the actual penis, though? Because I always thought it was like, like circulatory or something, or mental, or mental. Yeah, I no. I mean, maybe it is circulatory. Or you have a really ugly wife. <laughs> Can I get a wife <laughs> transplant? <laughs> a hotter model. Do you think they try that first? They should. Um, the first recipient had regained sexual function after about a month and was very excited yeah. to start using his dick again. Um, but it's a massive breakthrough. You know, that's what uh, doctors are saying. It's a massive medical breakthrough, and they prove that it can be done. They can give someone an organ that's just as good as the one uh, that they previously had. I mean, they sewed Jod Mobbitz back on, and that was like 15 or 20 years ago, right? So why couldn't they just sew somebody else? I guess they do that the whole, uh, like, when your body rejects the, the transplant. Yeah, but they're sewing Bobbitt. I mean, they're sewing his own penis back onto his penis. Like, they're taking someone else's penis. You know, yeah, No, I understand the difference. But I'm just saying, like, if they put a somebody else's kidney inside my guts, I mean, that seems pretty sophisticated because the kidney actually you know it's like your processing chemicals it. and taking poisons out and putting other things into your body you know gland uh, glandular juices and stuff uh but the penis it's just like it's like yeah, what an are ear. you saying it's just you know it's more it's than like an thing, if, they put, if they sewed some guy's ear on my head would you be that impressed does, You'd be your, like, eh. does your ear need to get erect i hope no, not. but it gets it gets red <laughs> when i'm angry <laughs> Or really drunk. Um, yeah, I wonder, yeah, what happens if you get like a serial killer's penis? Or like a child molester's dick? It's got a mind oh, of you're its like own. trying to make a horror movie out of this? Well, it could happen, you never know. <laughs> Can they transplant somebody's a serial killer's hand onto my hand? <laughs> and it's like trying to choke me out. You just your, your girlfriend walks in on you and you're like just fucking some guy. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. It's the penis. <laughs> it's the penis. <laughs> you're fucking a dog. Yeah. It's not me. It's the penis. Um, but the, to tie it into the uh, study that we just talked about. So I wonder if this, after this procedure has been perfected 15 years from now, 20 years from now, if it will become as common as LASIK surgery, like some kind of cosmetic surgery that any guy could have. Like if you have a micropenis or if you have like an ugly dick uh, that's discolored and shillelagh shaped, if you could go to the doctor and be like, yeah, you know what? I want a new one. Do you think this would happen? Yeah, I do. I don't think it's necessarily a good idea though. Well, would okay, if it became as common and as safe as LASIK surgery. So like LASIK surgery now, you know, laser surgery, you can go get that done. Laser eye surgery. It's not, yeah, it's not covered by your insurance, but it costs like maybe five to six grand. And you, you know the dangers involved. You could be blinded. But more often than not, it's like a 90%, I think it's, a, it's like a 98% success rate. You're gonna, well, the other thing is they do one eye at a time. <laughs> so if they blinded you in one eye, you can still see out of your other eye. That's true. Most people only have one dick. So that if is they true. Fuck it up. Yeah, you're. Yeah, but I mean, I'm that. talking if if after 20 years of perfecting this procedure, like you know, LASIK eye surgery right now is, I'm sure you're fine. Like unless you're going to a doctor in Mexico, um, I don't think you're going to have an issue. But uh, you know, with a with a penis transplant, I think like 20 years from now, it's going to be like, yeah, sure. What kind do you want? But would well, you I, do I, it? The, That's what I'm saying. I don't think I would, and. You're comparing it to LASIK, but I would compare it to a breast augmentation. Because right. 20 years ago, a bunch of women thought, like, 
I, you know, I can pay some money and get bigger tits. So like I've had these small tits all my life and it sucked. And now I can just like save up like 12 grand and get some new huge hooters. And a bunch of women thought it was a great idea. We all know this to be the case, right? Yeah, in the nineties. But a lot of those women you look at now and you're like, ugh, <laughs> like what's going on with these boobs that, you know, they look like two hard fucking hemispheres, like sort of grafted onto the sides of your chest. But like softballs. They're just like grafted permanently onto your chest and they're all like firm. And for many years, guys were into that, right? But now it's fallen out of fashion. Like you go to the strip club and you see like these younger strippers and you're like, oh man, she's hot. She's like she's on totally natural. in style. Yeah. But then, and then you see that one that comes out and you're like, oh, you're like a plastic surgery nightmare. Not into it. I always thought that was funny when I was strip club DJing is you'd see these girls that were older, older strippers, and they had like, you know, they had probably a regular customer buy them a breast job like mm-hmm. back in like 1989. And they were super excited about it. At the time, I mean, it was a revolutionary procedure because they came out and they're like, oh, look at my huge double Ds. But now you're like, ah, what is that thing? It's like they're so, they're so fake looking, it's monstrous. You know? So I think there's a chance you know, that penis replacement could be really popular when it came out and all these guys would be like, oh, I've got a nine inch crank now. <laughs> But then five years later, you know, you're trying to date girls and they're like, yeah, I'm into natural cock. I just like the texture. (laughs) (laughs) But it's an organ donated. It's a donated penis. So it's not like you're getting a a silicone like penis attached to your your. I don't know. Maybe you can still tell. I don't know. I'd be I'd be uh, I'd be wary. I just wonder if there would be like, you know how like with breasts, when when you get breast augmentation, there's like a little scar underneath their arms or something or right underneath the breast. It's like at the base of the dick, there's just this big round like Frankenstein scar where they attached it. Yeah, but that's right where it would rub against the clit. It's probably a... Yeah, it might be pleasurable. Yeah, who knows? Yeah, I wonder. I mean, if like 20 years from now, the girls are like, yeah, you know, he just doesn't have a natural dick. But, I mean, the other thing, they literally are going to cut your cock off first. <laughs> and can you really, I mean, I guess if you're fully under. You wouldn't even but know, would, but yeah. It would, make, it would give me pause to be like, really? you're going to just cut it all the way off, huh? And you're just going to sew a new one on? I, Guys I, are very attached to their penis. Yeah, I don't think, I, I wouldn't be able to Figuratively and literally. But then again, it's like, I don't have a two-inch dick. Like If I had a two-inch erect penis... Then maybe it's like, yeah, sure, this would be better than what I have now. Imagine the last, imagine the, the last time you jack off before you go into surgery, though. Be like, hi, little guy. <laughs> We've been together all these years. I know. God, could you imagine jacking off like a week after surgery? It's like with this <laughs> your new arm, dick. your arm is all sore. <laughs> God damn! But adjust my grip. <laughs> I got to get some physical therapy in my arm for this. <laughs> Yeah, strokes. I, I don't. Yeah, I don't know, but I do wonder. I mean, if this this might you know uh, herald a new era of uh, of cosmetic penis surgery. I think eventually, just genetic manipulation is going to be so uh, is going to catch up to all this shit, and it'll just be like, no, we just like tweaked the kid's genes while he was a zygote, and uh, yeah, he's got like a ten inch cock now. All, all my all my kids have huge cocks. We took a Ron Jeremy sample. Yeah. and uh, just put them in there and sure enough <laughs> just every kid has a huge cock now but they're also fat and just disgusting looking um true 
No, I, I, Ron I wonder Jeremy, if so, yeah, he's somehow, he's like a genetic, because I, I was going to talk about this when you were talking about the study, but um, it's actually a very good reason to lose weight is because if, as you gain weight, especially like significant amounts of belly fat, it like eats up the length of your cock. Yeah, that's why they always say fat guys have uh, tiny penises. But Ron Jeremy is the exception to the rule because he's fat and he has a giant cock. <laughs> Imagine if he like if he like slimmed down. Yeah, he'd look even more like a like a freak with a huge crank. You know what's weird about uh, so when girls usually get breast augmentation, like they kind of flaunt that, like they wear tighter clothes and they like show it to people. Or oh, if, I, if you, yeah. If you're in their friendship circle, they'll even show you their breasts. Right. You'd be like, check out what I got. Do you think if uh, you had a two-inch dick, which you've never told anyone except for your uh, disappointed lovers, and then all of a sudden you get this nine-inch cock transplanted, if you'd just be like at parties, be like, check this out, bam. Like, oh, no, I'd be, wearing, I'd be wearing full-on Robert Plant, you know, super tight <laughs> jeans everywhere. Just nut huggers. Just at work. Yeah, at work. <laughs> like, hello. Oh, uh, that's not really appropriate. Well, uh, what are you talking about? I can wear whatever I want. These are slacks. What? And all the women would be like, Wackerly seems so much more confident now. What do you think happened? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll have to see what happens with the uh, dick transplants. But uh, guys out there, you know, 68% of you fall in the average dick range. So uh, I think you should be fine. You know, you don't have to become serial killers now. Uh, people, this is episode 474 here is Sick and Wrong. You know the way the show works. Send in your stories. We read them here on the air, and if we give you credit, we will send you a sick or wrong care package. We got some really good stories here this week. Before we get to our first one, here's a word from our sponsor. Hey, kids, do you like sex toys? Yeah! Then go to adamandeve.com and make a purchase using coupon code DIDDLE. You'll get 50% off your first item, three free adult DVDs, free shipping, and a gift so sensual I can't even mention it on this podcast about murder and bukkake. Support Sick and Wrong by supporting our sponsor, adamandeve.com, and making a purchase with coupon code DIDDLE. That's DIDDLE, D-I-D-D-L-E, like your uncle used to do to you. This one uh, came in from Marla. She says, I'm surprised this hasn't happened to D. Stripper's dad allegedly extorted $2.6 million from retired tech executive. Marla means here. Surprised that. First of all, you don't have that much money. Yeah, I was about to say, I don't have nearly that amount of money in my bank account. But also, why would I meet a stripper's dad? Or is she saying, I'm going to be the stripper's dad that would uh, extort, do the extorting? That's probably more likely. Yeah, possibly. So you don't have any children either. No, I I guess maybe I can. Maybe you should just go (laughs) adopt a stripper. (laughs) <laughs> Maybe I could loan out Hecubus to uh, some weird perverted no, nobody cares about software that. tech executive. I think adopting a stripper is your best bet. All right. Well, we all have goals, life goals. <laughs> You're getting uh, a lap dance. I'm going to adopt you. Uh, security. <laughs> <laughs> if I can get tossed. Three members of a Michigan family have been indicted for allegedly extorting a retired software executive to the tune of $3 million over four years. It's a pretty good take. Yeah, prosecutors say the man at the center of the conspiracy was threatening to reveal that his stripper daughter 
and her teenage cousin had been involved in a paid threesome with a millionaire victim. Wealthy retiree Paul Vagnozzi met Jessica Tackett, who is 25 now, but in 2008, she must have been what, like uh, 19, 18? Uh, he met her when she was working as a topless dancer to support her family. I'm sure her parents are quite proud of that. It's like instead of getting jobs, they're just like, yeah, we're just going to have her. Our daughter's kind of hot. She can go work as a stripper, support well, us. Well, you know, every stripper you see has a parent somewhere making with these thoughts, right? But usually what happens is the dads diddled the daughter, so she ran away from home when she was like 18, and that's why she's a stripper. Like, this is atypical that she's actually that's working to support her parents. Yeah. Um, prosecutors allege that uh, the retiree here, Paul Vagnozzi, paid Jessica Tackett for sex. And she eventually invited him to dinner with her parents. Now, that's really crossing a line in the regular customer-stripper relationship here. Like, you could be a regular at a strip club. Like, I, um, you, you can be a regular at a strip club. By regular, I mean, like, you're... Like, you and I go to strip clubs rarely. We go if we're going in a group for, like, a, a birthday party or something, or a bachelor party. But yeah, it's like, right. how often do you just go to a strip club on your own? Like, never. never. You, you don't do that. But there are some guys. You know, the thing is, there's that not that, that many. There aren't really that many around me. I mean, there's some in San Francisco, but they're not the. It's like in the tourist area, right? It's not the kind of place you're going to go every day. If you wanted to, though, you could walk over to the Gold Club for I lunch could. and get, you know, that's what happens. Like, I remember I worked day shift on Fridays at the Gold Club, and day shifts may. Is usually when the regulars come in. The regulars, you know? yeah, they're the daytime customers. It, like there's some of the guys. Like one of my favorite guys is this guy who uh, was a doctor, but he had this like faux relationship. Like right. he would come in and like kind of act like a father figure to this one like young Thai girl. Uh, but the guy was, I like the guy. Of course, he, she's he would Asian. come in. He would come to the DJ booth, and uh, he would show me pictures of how he was in Thailand, like doing you know uh, free medical care. For all uh, these, yeah, like, sure. different villages, yeah. Um, but he would also give me a CD and pick out all the tracks that that girl would dance to that day. So it was really easy Great. because she sucked, and I hated having to deal with her and find out which like Katy Perry song she wanted to dance to. But uh, this dude would just come in and he'd have like all like old R and B songs, and they'd be all picked out, and he'd tell me all the tracks. I think his, they called him like Miss Doctor Magic or something because he was also a magician. Were um, there quotes around Doctor? <laughs> Well, I mean, he said he was a. Do- I have no idea. Doctor Detroit, professional pedophile. <laughs> Doctor Pepper. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> but anyway, this guy, you know, I mean, he was innocuous. He would just come in, spend some time with that girl, give her a ton of money. They would eat lunch. I mean, they had this like faux relationship. I don't mm-hmm. know if uh, he felt like a lot of these guys think that they remind them of their wives when their wives were hotter and younger. Or, Do you think uh, he, uh, this uh, stripper ever touched his wang the entire duration? I don't know. I'm probably, I'm sure. Why would he maintain that relationship? But a lot of these guys, that's it, though. It's just lap dances and companionship. You know, they're lonely. But then there's also put quotes around companionship, please. Well, there's some that cross the line and where it leads into sex, which would usually occur outside of the club. You know, I mean, I think some of these guys don't want to have sex with the girls, or they just go get a prostitute. Like someone mm-hmm. just kind of want to have this, like we're in a relationship, and that's what they want out of it. You well, know, some guys also, and this happens more often than you think, 
like I think maybe fifty percent of the time, dudes go into strip clubs. There's always like the guy that they're with who's like, she I think she really me. likes me. Yeah, they just get that like stripper brain. <laughs> like, dude, are you an idiot? And that's the thing; those guys are the marks. And these strippers are born hustlers. It's in their nature, and they could smell that out from like a hundred yards away. Like they see that, and they're like, "Oh, oh that's I mean, the isn't guy. that the prime game that they're searching for when they're uh, in there?" Exactly. I mean, that's yeah. that's what they're looking for. So this dude here, he's a retiree millionaire, comes in, starts dropping some money on this girl, and he's like, "Wow, oh, I think this young girl really likes me." He's probably awkward, mm-hmm. you know, he's some tech guy, probably has right. Aspergers, and. uh you know, she's showing him attention and she's like, oh, this guy's a perfect mark. Next thing you know, she's convinced him to pay her for sex. They're having a sexual relationship. He's even more evolved with her now, emotionally. And then she's like, yeah, why don't you come over to my house and meet my parents? You never meet a stripper's parents, people. You it's don't. crossing a line. That is crossing a line. So that's where Van Yosey met the dad, Jessica's dad, 52-year-old Terry Tackett, who's accused of masterminding this extortion <laughs> plot. Could you imagine how awkward that dinner would be? Let me just say one thing. Your daughter is consummate professional. <laughs> it's one of the best I've ever seen. I'm a regular at Club Paradise, and uh, she is just very professional, like in her demeanor. And, and this dude's like older than the dad. Just how awkward is that? And the, <laughs> the dad's, dad's like, like, yeah, you really like her? Look at these titties. Um, <laughs> it's like, like, is it tops and bottoms there, or just, just topless? <laughs> <laughs> oh no it's full it's, top it's and full, bottom fully naked yeah my daughter's good at the chip off the old block you should have seen her mother at <laughs> the deja vu taught her everything she knows so right. during dinner terry tackett the the father asked for a loan Uh-oh. and the software execs agreed so in late uh, summer what I, a dumbass yeah and so later that summer the software exec paid to have a threesome with uh, jessica tackett the daughter and her cousin Turned out this this was all masterminded by the dad. So the dad just pimped out his daughter and his like, you know, niece or whatever. Um, he confronted the businessman after that, and I guess apparently the unnamed cousin was a minor. She was only seventeen at the time. Mm. So now he told the software exec that he's going to go to the police unless the retired uh, businessman gave him hush money. So what do you do at that point? So he's just trapped you in a honey was a honey trap. Yeah, honey pot. Honey, uh, honey trap. And uh, he trapped you here. And now he's like, okay, I'm going to go. If you don't pay me $50,000, I'm going to go to the cops and say you had sex with a minor. Hmm. So would you just tell him to suck a fat dick and prove it? <laughs> or just be like, no. I think no. I might. How would he prove it? I mean, if you think about it, if it did, if it, you know, the cops did come, you'd be like, I have no idea who this person is. I'm a... A, a respected businessman in the community. Unless that guy had pictures, I guess. I mean, the guy if the guy goes to the cops, then you're like, well, I'm sending you up the river for extortion. You know? Yeah, I mean, I, I just wonder what you'd do at that time. Yeah. So after being threatened, the... If you're, uh, they, if you're a fucking software retiree in Michigan, how about just don't have sex with the girls that look like they're even, you know, within 10 years of being 17. How about that for a rule? You, you fucking retard. They don't say how old this software exec is, but I'm, they said I'm he's ass- retired. Yeah. I'm assuming like sixties. He's at least, I mean, maybe he retired early, but he's, he's at least 55, right? 
And so this guy's having sex with he's a girl He's not that's like a 18. 27-year-old having sex with an 18-year-old. Yeah, this guy's having sex with an 18-year-old. Right. Or he's so old he thought. to be his granddaughter. But really, she's 17. Well, the cousin was 17. Uh, the right. stripper's 18. So, uh, but this was all arranged. Well, here's the thing. If you're going to have sex with a girl who's working in a strip club, a legal strip club, you can make the assumption that you know, she the guys who run 18. the strip club yeah. have run your, your background check and, and have verified that she's 18. So now you're safe. But the cousin, well, I mean, what would you do like before that threesome? It's like, would you be like, I got to see your IDs? No, this is exactly what I'm saying. I'd be <laughs> like, you know what? I'm 55 and I'm sorry, honey, but you look really young and I'm just getting out of here. Yeah, I don't think his boner was telling him to do that. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I know you're into it, but... I think you. I don't think you understand what a seventeen-year-old looks like. No, I wouldn't. A seventeen-year-old looks a lot different than like a twenty-five-year-old, a twenty-two-year-old. No, I like twenty-five-year-old girls. I'm not having sex with an eighteen-year-old girl. This is what I'm saying. Yeah, and you're also not fifty-five. Yeah, and then, and even if I was fifty-five years old, then it's like no, I'm not. I mean, yeah, I wouldn't do it either. Especially, this guy, like I, I'm some saying shady this guy got this guy like got what, what was coming to him, and I don't feel bad. So after being threatened. Van Yosey paid the father 30 grand, 30 grand, not 50. And then he paid more money, a lot more money. So every month the guy would come around and he'd just make more payments. This is why you, this is why you don't go along with it. Cause it's never going to end. Well, this is my favorite part about it. So Van Yosey attempted to get the Tackets to sign a contract saying they'd never reveal the details of the threesome. This guy is trying to be the smart guy. <laughs> oh, I'll just make him sign a contract. He this was a business dumbass. negotiation. We had a deal. <laughs> yeah, the uh, the the contract here, um, and there was one eighteen month period here where Van Yosey allegedly gave Tackett one point one five million dollars in checks. So I imagine this would have this payment extortion scandal here would have kept going had the IRS not looked into this because uh, the withdrawals from the software exec's account were so large and frequent. That the IRS was like, what's going on here? So um, they looked into it, and uh, then they found out about this extortion scandal. And so apparently, uh, it wasn't just the threat to go to the police about the um, having sex with a minor. Uh, Terry Tackett threatened that he would also cause physical harm to the businessman or have his associates of his in the Joker's Motorcycle Club come give him a visit. The Jokers. The Jokers. What now isn't also Terry Tackett, impl- you know, implicated in in the sex that happened with his minor? Yeah, no. Now uh, he's being because it's not like because you can extort somebody because you could be like, well, you know, you fucked my wife and I'm going to tell your wife and she's going to divorce you and take half your money and I'm extorting you for that, you know. And then there's no sort of sex with minors things going on. But this guy's now implicated in the sex with the minor too, right? Well, actually he's not. Cause I hear he should the, be. He should be. But Terry Tackett's been charged with 119 separate counts in the conspiracy, including conspiracy to obstruct justice, tax evasion, money laundering, and banking crimes. But they don't mention anything about like organizing a threesome with a minor. Yeah, but pimping. that's going to be in there. Well, I'm sure he's going to get that. I mean, the guy faces 20 years in prison. This is my favorite part what about, about that. What about what's going to happen to the dude who did have sex with a minor? What's he's facing? Is hasn't he been charged with criminal, anything. Right? No, hasn't That's been bullshit. As a victim, he wasn't even named in the conspiracy complaint. Well, he's got to go down for the, the having sex with a 17-year-old? Nope. He is, he's not well, being charged at all. Well, maybe it's just not mentioned in the article. Because that's he, bullshit. 
he he was asked for uh, his uh, opinion here of this uh, trial. He says, I've moved on. I don't want to say anything. Maybe she wasn't really 17. Well, it hasn't been proven. Prosecutors are alleging that she was. Uh, but this is what happened when that guy... So this guy's getting like, what, $1 million from this dude. What do you think he spent his money on? Do you think he invested it into like Apple and AT&T stock? Yeah, probably. T-bills. <laughs> so what this guy did is he uh, started uh, throwing his mysterious newfound fortune around in splashy, conspicuous ways. He bought six motorcycles. 12 jet skis, uh, gifts for his stripper girlfriends. Oh, he also (laughs) dates strippers. He also, but several. And uh, several cars, including one which he paid for uh, for $20,000 in cash, mostly uh, $100 bills. Wait, 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 wait. Was this a used car? I don't know. They don't say. (laughs) So you get a million dollars and you go to buy a car in cash, but you buy like... (laughs) Like a fucking, you know, what? A Grand Am? What, what, what kind of car can you get for $20,000? Oh, I'm getting a new Pontiac Grand Am. Yeah, I don't Driving think he's buying a new Oh, car. look at him with his fucking Grand Am. He thinks he's so big. This guy had to have gone to like Craigslist or something. Right, maybe eBay. it was a used nice car, yeah. which you could probably get for twenty grand cash. So Jessica Tackett and her mom are also facing charges of conspiracy to obstruct justice. With a sentence of five years and a fine of two hundred fifty grand, so yeah, I, you know, I completely concur with your sentiment here. That guy's a moron, and I always felt sympathy when I was a DJ. When you'd see these guys come in, and you're like, "Man, you're just gonna get sucked dry, <laughs> like sucked dry by these women," because you're just a mark, you're an idiot, you know. But at the same time, you know, I'd feel a little bit of sympathy, but really, I couldn't care less. Right? Like, you know, you're an idiot. You invited this on yourself. And then to get involved with this whole scandal. Like, do you think he told his friends about it? He probably didn't. He probably didn't tell anybody about it. But, yeah, but at some point, you know, he took her out on a date and he wanted to, like, show her off, I would think. Same with this guy spending, uh, flashing his money around. This guy was flashing his girlfriend around, or quote-unquote girlfriend. Right? I just can't believe this dude... I mean, in this case, why wouldn't this dude just go move to Thailand or move somewhere? He's got millions of dollars. Leave Michigan. Go move somewhere. Live like a king and then go fuck 17-year-olds. Or why wasn't his daughter like, I'm going to play the long game. I'm going to fucking, like, you know, really get in with this guy, get him to divorce his wife, get him to marry me, then divorce him, and then I'll take a bunch of money for myself. Way more than a million dollars. I can come out of this with, like, $10 million. I don't think she had the uh, mental capacity to mastermind <laughs> this extortion plot. That goes to what Terry about all, You always hear about these strippers like Diablo Cody. Like, actually, I have an IQ of 160. I'm just uh, stripping for the experience and get to money, and then I'm going to become a screenplay writer. You know, I think that happens maybe Doesn't really 2% happen. of the time. <laughs> okay. I met one girl that was uh, putting her money to, to in grad school at Berkeley, and that was just mm-hmm. one out of all the strippers that I met. Just one. Well, so yeah, it's a pretty low percentage of that. It's an urban myth. Anyway, what do you got here for the uh, second story? Uh, my story comes from... Oh, fuck. <laughs> Let me find it again. Who sent this in? Caleb. He says, that's one way to shut the kid up. Problem is, I reprinted the thing and I didn't print the uh, the comment from the listener. And that's what the show's about: listener participation. All about the listeners. This sh- uh, show is also about 
breaking down stereotypes. And well, one stereotype. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, that's the thing. It's, we don't we don't support racism here. No. And we're against stereotypes. And one All stereotype is the sweet old Mexican grandmother. Mexi- sweet Mexican grandmother stereotype. Right. It's one of my favorites. It's even been uh, recently reaffirmed in the TV show Better Call Saul. The yeah, Abuelita. This, yeah, and she's like, I'm so sleepy. And, <laughs> Go uh, watch your story, Grandma. Abuelita. <laughs> Abuelita. Just be quiet. Here, turn up the volume while I murder this person. She makes the sweetest tortillas. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is a story that's going to break down that, that stereotype of the sweet Mexican grandma. Abuelita. Uh, this is about Manuela Rodriguez, 52, <laughs> which is a grandmother age. Um... She was watching her seven-month-old granddaughter, and uh, the granddaughter would not stop crying, as seven-months-old do. Well, you know, I mean, obviously there's an issue there. <laughs> well, it's what, the issue that uh, infants cry? Well, possibly. Or do you think she had, like, colic or something, which is also just sort of normal when in the grand scheme of things? Maybe she doesn't have a sweet enough tortilla. <laughs> Just give her a sweet. I don't think seven months. I don't know seven month olds uh, eating solid food. No, they drink horchata. You oh yeah, that? The, yes. So maybe it's that's that sort what of it milky is. drink, right? She's crying because she wants more horchata. Well, this abuelita actually put a uh, a sock in the kid's mouth at one point, which is not recommended. No, I imagine like a, a pacifier, maybe a sock. I don't know. How did she raise her kids? I, I guess they turned out well. Well, you don't know that. <laughs> One of them grew up old enough to have their own kid. That's all we know. Hmm. Uh, do you ever see you see these billboards around sometimes? Like how you're not supposed to shake your baby? Yeah, I do. I love those billboards because it's like, who's shaking their baby? Like, well, who doesn't a lot of people, know, frankly. Who doesn't know that, though? Like, a, shaking a baby's not going to do anything? Well, you got you got to really break this down, right? Because there's people who shake their baby and know they're not supposed to, right? You're just like, shut the fuck up! I hope <laughs> nobody sees me do this. Shake. But then there's the people who, who the billboard's effective to, who just didn't know. They're like, oh, I'm not supposed to do that, huh? I guess minors Thanks, that are billboard. kids, maybe. But yeah, like, I, you know, if you're, if you're looking at a billboard for parental advice, you probably shouldn't be uh, breeding. Yeah, but some people are. Because, <laughs> as we've just discussed, both you and I have seen these billboards in multiple occasions. So there's a need, a great enough need that people are investing money in advertising this fact that you sh- you're not supposed to fucking shake your baby because it's crying. And down here, those billboards are usually in Spanish. Well, <laughs> I've seen a lot of those in Spanish. You're not lying. <laughs> um, and they always have a picture of a baby, right? And the baby's always... Doing the shake? It's not... Sh- <laughs> no, but it's always like a Latino or an African-American baby. But yeah. I can't believe that this is... I don't think this is a ethnic thing. Like, I think there's probably lots of white people who are shaking their babies, too. It's a, it's a rage control thing, right? It's an anger management thing. Yeah, but then you can think of socioeconomic conditions contribute to uh, anger. I think the issue is that uh, white people's neighborhoods generally don't have billboards. There's like ordinances against it. Yeah, that could be. And usually the white people have nannies that are doing the baby shaking. <laughs> I think a nanny is less likely to shake a baby. Because <laughs> like I said, it's the, it's the anger management thing. Well, and it's stupid, you... too, because it's like, oh, the baby's crying. It's disturbing your rest. Well, when you shake it to death, 
You're really not going to get any rest, rest because the cops are going to come over and they're going to haul you down to the fucking jailhouse. Well, obviously... You're going to get some sleep there? Well, obviously this billboard here is effective because this abuela was like, okay, I'm not going to shake the baby because he'll keep crying. I'm just going to shove a sock in its mouth. A yeah, Mexican well, pacifier. That was... Okay. That was the first step. Did you just coin that term? Yeah. <laughs> it works. She then... Um, this is all... Nobody saw witnessed this, right? But this is all based on the uh, medical examiner's log. She then struck the kid in the head with an object multiple times. Which the medical examiners hope killed the kid. Well, because the next thing she did was uh, she took a circular saw to the kid's neck. Jesus, dude, she's the worst babysitter of all time. Worst abuelita ever. Well, she's a horrible. Although she is breaking down stereotypes, that's a plus. (laughs) I know the sweet abuelita watching her her telenovelas. You know, she they just shattering that stereotype into this horrible black widow type creature. I mean, I was still in stereotype land. I was like, sock, okay. Bruja. Mexican pacifier. Okay, you bang the kid in the head a couple times. Maybe that's how they do it down Mexico way. But I really have a hard time picturing this old, this 52-year-old Mexican grandma. She gets a circuit. Like, where did she have a circular saw? <laughs> I don't understand that. Like, did she go to the garage and be like, okay, now I'm going to shut this kid up once and for all. I mean, there's lots of Mexican, like, laborers and carpenters and stuff, and they have circular saws, but you'd think they would be out, like, do it, like, roofing or something with the power tools, but somehow the grandma got a hold of it, actually, and she takes it to the kid's neck? That's very hard to picture. Actually, Wackerly, you're shattering even more stereotypes, because usually <laughs> what happens is you have Mexican guys hanging out out front of a Home Depot, and you pick them up. You pay them for some day labor, but you give them your tools to use. So well, this those are woman, the, yeah, <laughs> yeah, but, but this those woman, are the bottom of the barrel laborers. I mean, there's a lot of Mexican carpenters who have their own tools. Trust me, there are. But I, I think uh, the stereotype is that you pick up day laborers and that they do some work for you. So this woman here has her own tools. I'm a little worried that in order to break down this one stereotype, we've reinforced like 14 others. <laughs> I know, but that's just, you know, it's, it's inadvertent. You got to break a few eggs to make an omelet. Yeah. That's that's the thing. Um, that's pretty much the story. This happened in Chicago. Do you remember that you used to live in Chicago? Do you remember this uh, area called the little village capital letters? No, not even sure. It's an area of Chicago. It says it's predominantly Hispanic. Uh, neighbors say that uh, Manuela Rodriguez, the abuelita, uh, had some health problems, but she was always pleasant. Well, unfortunately, she wasn't deaf. That would work. one one of the uh, yeah. <laughs> that actually is when you're looking for a nanny or a relative to watch your your newborn baby. Uh, look for a deaf one because they're much less likely to shake it to death because they'll just be like, I don't know, it's crying. Maybe one that's partially deaf, like she could hear the crying, but it's not going to bother. She just turn up the telenovela. Right, if the child is really in distress, I guess you do want them to hear the kid. So it's a tough one. It's yeah. a toughie. The thing, the thing is with Chicago, which is interesting, it's like probably the most segregated city I've ever lived in. I'm not familiar with that area, but it's, you know, everybody has their own, their own area. Like white people live in like, uh, you know, the, the north side, Lincoln mm-hmm. Park, right. that area. Uh, gays live uh, in an area of uh, Wrigleyville, like that whole, or I think it's Lakeview. Um, and then like, yeah, Puerto Ricans live on the West side, black people live on the South side. It's like, so I imagine little villagers just where Mexicans live. It's like San Francisco's the same way. Kind of, not as much now. So San Francisco is pretty much just all white and Asian now. 
Well, you know, uh, African-Americans live in like the Western edition in Hunter's Point. The Asians live in Chinatown in the sunset. Yeah, I guess. I mean, but the city of San Francisco, I guess Hunter's Point and Western edition are almost should be considered like, you know, South San Francisco or something right. or different neighbor area. Like San Francisco, the city. How many black people do you really see there that aren't homeless? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's, I, I guess a lot of cities agreeing. are segregated. Um, one of the neighbors, Maria Gentile says, uh, she would help everybody. And if you needed a glass of milk or something, she would give it to you. <laughs> is that a Latino thing? Yeah. I don't even know. I mean, but I never, I've never thought of going and asking a neighbor for a glass of milk because I needed one. Who the fuck drinks milk as an adult anyways? She sounds like a sweet abuelita. She's this neighbor says when my mother died, she went up and down the street asking for money for her funeral, which is another thing. And I would just be like, did you know the neighbor's mother died? Can I have some money? No, fuck off. (laughs) (laughs) What the fuck? You're not even. I don't get it. Do they say anything about like dementia or Alzheimer's or something or. No, no, but it's pretty clear that something snapped in this lady. Yeah, possibly. To get her out of her stereotypical zone. Because I kind of still believe that stereotype, to be honest with you, that, you know, Mexican grandmas are nice ladies. Yeah, cooking tortillas. And if I was going to leave my kid with somebody and, like, the choices were, you know, A, B, C, D, E, Mexican old lady, I'm probably going to pick Mexican old lady, even after hearing this story. Yeah, no, I'm same with me. I mean, I would would say if I was going to pick a nanny for uh, Hacubus, I'd probably want a nice Mexican old lady who could just make him a churro. You know what bothers me? Because it sounds like you've considered that already. It's not the first time. Hmm, cat nanny. Hmm. Can I afford that? Sometimes I'm not home to take care of them. Maybe next uh, year it'll fit in the budget. (laughs) So I wonder how, uh, you know, how long does it take to cut off a baby's head with a circular saw? (laughs) Not very long. I mean, it's just like hot knife. You've heard of the soft spots in the head, right? Well, the neck is really soft. Yeah, so you just snap so did the parents come home and just be like wow my baby's head is no longer on its body you know there's no there's nothing said in this article about the parents uh but it's i'm sure it's very gruesome and depressing yeah i can imagine that that'd be a shocker oh well um yeah well there you go shattering stereotypes here on sick and wrong which is what we like to do thanks caleb yeah thank you uh caleb for sending that in uh people uh you can send your story sick and wrong podcast at uh, hotmail.com Got some phone calls to get to. 206-666-3846 is that number. Uh, before we get to our first phone call, here's a word from our sponsor. Hey, sick and wrong listeners. This is Trucker Paul. I got to tell you about this wonderful porno place where you can buy jack-off machines, dildos, inflatable wives. I bought them all. When I go home, I like to diddle my wife with a little dildo when I'm on the road I got my second wife my blow-up doll and my jack-off sleeve go to adamandeve.com type in the word diddle d-i-d-d-l-e and you'll get 50% off all your masturbation machines how do y'all flick my balls I put a spell on you
so we got a few phone calls here to get to. Uh, the first one came in from uh, a guy who works at Amazon. Wow. Hey there, Sikron. This is Michael from Florida, your favorite goddamn state. I just got home from work. I work at Amazon. And I got an order that I had to put pack into a giant fucking box. 137 fucking dildos. Wow. That's a party. I don't know if it was like a store or if it was a like a fucking Personal party Mexican or what. Grandma. But they should have went to adamandeve.com. They should have. All right. Keep it sick. Keep it wrong. Love you guys. Keep going. Yeah, they should have gone to Amazon or Adam and Eve. Typed in diddle. <laughs> Fuck Amazon. A competition. So this is interesting. What's the though. shipping on that? Like a dildo is kind of a heavy thing. Yeah, 130. It's got to be like. It's got to be at least like like 200 pounds, right? I don't know. I mean, Maybe uh, you have Prime and you get free shipping. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wonder if it's for like a. It's got to be for a store. Uh-huh. It's just weird to me that someone would go to Amazon to go get dildos when you could. Were just they all go... the same dildo? It's a good question. Or was it an assortment? How do you pack? This guy must be packaging stuff. Like, how do you pack dildos? You just throw well, them on a not, box. They're not fragile. <laughs> it's, it's not like a crystal dildo. Maybe it is a crystal dildo. What's it? What's interesting to me about this? So does Amazon just have huge warehouses like in every state? Is that how they work? So you yeah, order. Yeah, I think so. And they, depending on the where the warehouse is. So do you think this guy's concerned that he's going to be replaced by a robot in like 10 years? He should be. Like, don't you, Could you just see drones just flying there and just uh, fulfilling all the orders? Yeah. There's got to be some quality control, though. He could like inspect the build-out packaging. I guess, uh, yeah, I guess you could. You probably do need a human. But you don't want to be like the slowest buffalo in no? the herd at that point. <laughs> you got to be like the best... Amazon employee, so you don't get let go. Yeah, I want. I just think it's, it's the world we live in. Aren't they already delivering packages via drones? They were trying, but I think the the government's starting to crack down on drones. I've actually seen a lot of drones lately. Have you been seeing a lot of drones? I do not see that many. What kind of drones do you see? I don't know. They're where the fuck up in the sky. I don't carry around binoculars you know with me. Drone? I'm not a bird watcher. Because you can fuck. This is the thing. Because you're walking around and you and you hear this like a ring. And you're like, is some fucking guy using a leaf blower? But then you're like, no, it's like up in the air. And then you look up in the air and there's this fucking drone. Why? Would there I mean, be maybe I'm going like full on Philip K. Dick paranoid yeah, or something. I, like, say, I don't know what dude. they're doing. So I've seen them near my work, near my home. You've just seen drugs. Do you think people are spying on you? No, I don't think they're spying on me in particular yet. Are they trying <laughs> to uh, put I think it, I think the one near, near my work, it was like associated with some construction project because there's all this construction going around. They're probably like taking aerial footage of their construction site. And the ones near my home, I don't know, it's like they're hobbyists who are taking like, you know, hobby photos from their drone. But it, it's an annoying noise. And like if somebody were like if it start if it starts to become more and more drones, it's just like every time you leave your house, you just hear this like ring everywhere. It's it's I'm gonna start like shooting them down with a pellet gun. I've heard the best thing to do is just to go make like a helmet out of tinfoil. You put that over your head, <laughs> keep over them your from head. sensing my thoughts. <laughs> yeah, that's probably anyway. Next. Uh, 
this dude's gonna end up hating robots. He's gonna be one of those guys like they took her drugs. So we'll see what happens to that. It is a real problem. Because you, know, you know they can they can just automate more and more things. Like they even automated some uh, article writing now. Have you heard about this? I Where didn't... like robots can like like an article about the weather or an article about sports. Like you don't need an actual human to write that. You can just have a computer that gets the stats off of some like automated sports stat machine, and it can write an article about like oh the Detroit Lions beat the Baltimore Ravens, and like well, you know this happened in the fourth quarter. A robot, a program can write that article. Well, a program could send out like Reuters, you know, news bulletins or news points. I could see that, but not, you know, they can't editorialize, discuss right. the game. So but I mean, you'd still need that. Obviously, there is a role now or in the recent past of a guy who was the guy who wrote that sports article. Like over the wire. I in, an that, an, that in, old, in old science fiction, like let's go with the most common one, the Jetsons, like... Everybody's like, oh, George Jetson has this great life because he just goes to work and he just has to push this button. He doesn't really have to do much. And then he can just go home and watch his TV. But what really happens is George Jetson's out on his ass. Yeah, because, I mean, he's, he's yeah, he's unnecessary. The dream was that computers and robots would, like, take over all, you know. Manufacturing. Well, just all labor. And we would have, everybody would live this easy life. But really what happens is everybody just doesn't have any income. And like all the productivity gains go to the business to the owners. businesses that own it. So that's so when you need to rise fucked. up. Well, that's when you. Need, that's when the revolution will occur. When you just smash all the machines. We take arms. It's man versus a machine. Rage against mm. a machine. Like Terminator. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's enough of that deep thought. Well, that's what's going to happen. Uh, here's a guy calling in here that uh, is concerned about your drinking, Wackerly. They think it's going to stop. Oh, great. I like these uh, phone call interventions. Yeah, it's Walter again from Connecticut. You know, Lance, Dee will never get married. Okay. But Lance, if you... I digress. If you think that you told her this is the line before you get married, then all of a sudden, you know, you, you tell her beforehand, oh, yeah, I like to drink a lot. I, don't know, I, like, I like my scotch. Yeah. And then what happens is on a Saturday afternoon, on Sunday afternoon, are you, are you drinking a second beer? What's, that, boy, what's, what's with that? And then guess what? The fireworks start. Or you suppress it, and guess what happens? In three years, you're in divorce court. Or you're hiding beer in the tank of the toilets. <laughs> hiding beer around the house, like Homer. Yeah. Have you actually, you haven't had, your, your wife's a drinker. This guy doesn't understand the, uh, the way your relationship, the dynamics of your relationship. You're both drinkers, so I don't think she really cares. Does right. She? she also works on Sundays and Saturdays, so. Oh, see, it's not even Watch my own devices. <laughs> Has this ever, have you ever had a relationship where this was a, uh, like a talking point, like you had to discuss this? Oh, yeah, of course. Who? Which one? Everybody like, has. I'm not going to name names, you <laughs> asshole. I don't Let's think get I've, to the bottom of this. I don't think no. I've ever had a girlfriend say, you know, you drink too much. I think you just need to lay off the booze, lay off the sauce. You know, to be honest, it's not. What, here's what happens is the relationship is going south anyways. 
and you get to the point where you're like, uh, why don't you go to bed and I'm going to go to the bar? Or why don't you go to bed and I'm going to stay up and drink and watch TV? It doesn't really have anything to do with drinking. It's just the fact that you're like, I kind of want to just do stuff on my yeah. own right now. So you're drifting further and further apart. And then She's the drinking becomes, the drinking. yeah, that becomes sort of a focal point to pick at, but it's really a larger issue. I mean, I guess if you're getting DUIs and you're getting fired from work, I can understand <laughs> that's, that's when, yeah, I can understand that's when drinking becomes an issue. But um, concerned caller, I don't think that's going on right now. He's not really concerned about my drinking. He's concerned about my marriage that's going to inhibit my drinking. So <laughs> he, wa- he wants you to keep drinking, and he's worried that you're going to have to cut down. Uh, get it all out in the open. Tell her, even though she thinks she owns you, she doesn't own you. You own her! All right. You own her. Have a good match. A drunk Dr. (laughs) Phil over here. (laughs) Wow. All right. Well, thank you uh, for your concern. Um, Here's the last call, and this is uh, my favorite call of the week. Hey, sick and wrong. This is Ty out in Iowa. I uh, had a story happen to me last week that I thought you guys would get a kick out of. I work at a farrowing house where we... uh, raise pigs and raise little piglets and shit like that. Anyway, part of the job is to uh, uh, breed the sows. And uh, when you let, when you breed the sows, you got to let a couple boars in there with a big uh, group of gilts, and them dumb bastards can never get their dicks in the hole. So whenever... Wait a second. There, there's some uh, technical terms, some technical jargon being thrown around here at the, the pig breeding facility jargon that I don't get. He you say the term gilt? I guess. I don't know. You don't know about gonna, this? No, I'm just going to go with context and leave it going. I figured Unless being an, an engineer, though, you would know about this type of device. What, a pig engineer? No, but I mean an engineer who's like, you know, uh, yeah, we go maintain pig breeding warehouse facilities. No. And... So I imagine what he's talking about. I thought that was about... just a female pig. No, I think he said, do you, I think a guilt is probably some kind of device. Do you think they just like bring in the boars and they're just like... <sighs> Have them go right at the sows. I thought they. That's put, how I would do it. Do you have a better idea? <laughs> I thought they put. I thought they back the sow up, back that ass up into you some kind of device. Back that pig up. What? Like some kind of device, like this guilt thing. And then there's a hole in it, and then the boar just comes around and like steps up, puts Literally. his front paws on this device, sticks his dick in the hole. And then what happens? He inseminates the sow. What I don't did I think just think? Well, how's that different from what I said? You thought they just like put them in a room with like a, a like a velvet blanket, and they just go put on some Barry White, and next thing you know, they're humping. You're and, saying there's like a stirrups type device that the pig has to like stand on? Yeah, like a like the 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 sow's probably locked into this type of device. No, I mean they're fucking animals. Don't they just do what they do? I think they're worried that the uh, the boar's not going to like the sow and start trying to rip her head off or something. So they put her in this protective device. He just walks in, boner, climbs up on the device, and inserts it in the hole. That's okay. what I think. All right. Or a boar gets to mount a sow, you have to help guide him in. Well, my coworker the other day, he was down there trying to guide the boar's dick into the sow's pussy, and the fucker blew his load all over his face. This isn't is that game. And question. it was kind of funny because the guy who got his his uh, face jizzed on, he's a pretty diehard homophobe. <laughs> Do you think anybody, any of these guys who work at the pig, uh, whatever you call this fucking place, 
are like super pro gay rights, <laughs> pro gay marriage. <laughs> I'm not gay myself, but uh, I just I've, I celebrate homosexuality, and uh, all, a lot of my friends are gay. I spend a lot of time in gay bars. I'm not gay myself. Let me just repeat that. But uh, I'm into the gay culture, show tunes, drag shows. Liza Minnelli. Liza Minnelli. I love my favorite movie is The Birdcage. I'd be like, great. Well, then you can go guide the hog's dick into the sow. Right. I don't think that happens. I don't, I don't think uh, any of these guys are pro-gay rights. I don't, know. I don't want to stereotype. But it's funny, though, that uh, the one guy, because you know there's probably a couple guys that are really vocal about, uh, about homosexuals and how much they hate homosexuals and the homosexual lifestyle. Especially I mean, that's pretty gay to be, it's pretty gay to be handling hog cocks all day and then one comes all over your face. It's like, what's the difference? Yeah, exactly. And they're that's, like, well, it's just a hog. It's not like it's a human male. But then, it, I mean, just keep going with it. What if it's like, well, yeah, and then sometimes you have to suck the cocks, the hog's <laughs> cock to get it hard. It's not gay, though. It's just part of my job. It seems pretty, not that I have a problem with that, but it seems a little gay that you're handling hog penises and once in a while one just fills your face full of jizz. <laughs> It kind of reminds me, though, of being like, uh, you know, like occupational hazards. Like if you're a coroner and you're, uh, you know, going through and uh, preparing a body, examining a body, you accidentally slip and you press your stomach and like shit just flies out of its asshole. Yeah. Like you have to expect something like that. So if you're a guy that's like works in a sow breeding facility, like a pig breeding facility, you must expect like every now and then a load of cum might be shot in your face. So right. at that point, I bet you it's just more of like, ah, it's funny you got the cum in your face this time. I don't think it's they a should gay tell that, issue. They should tell that hog to like think about baseball or something. Like <laughs> just to Bruce wait Bader till it gets Ginsburg. Inside. Do you think that the uh, premature? Do you think that the um, the supervisor gets pissed off and it's just like, dude, you're holding his dick too hard. You need to lay off and just guide it in. God damn don't it! Don't wear such a sexy overalls next week. <laughs> Do you, do you, like, scrape the cum off your face and then spoon it into the female pig's vagina <laughs> Just at that slather point? the vagina with it? Yeah, I don't know. I wonder what happens. Do you think then you got it, like, if this happens in the morning and the rest of the day you just reek of, like, boar cum? Yeah, I, I just, that, that's just, that's got to Yeah, be. I don't know. I wonder how much cum comes out. Like, if it's just a couple drops, big deal. Gets in your goatee, you wipe it off. Oh, you're fine off. with that? Well, what's the volume of hog cum that you're not fine with? I'm just saying, what if it's like a big gulp full of hog cum? So just big shooting gulp? in your face. What if it's less than, a, what if it's like, a, what if I took a big gulp full of hog cum, but then I took out one spoonful and dumped that on your face? I wouldn't, I wouldn't be down for any hog cum in the face. Well, you, you, you said a couple drops is fine. Though. Well, no, I'm saying if I... <laughs> you said a couple drops is fine. <laughs> I'm saying... So what, 10 I would rather have much? a couple drops than just like How a many hose drops full of hog much? cum. How many drops? Any is too any much? drop is too much. <laughs> I don't want to have hog cum on my face. Okay, but You're in the event, the, le the less the better. In the event that it happened, then yeah, I would say less is better. I would. I think two drops is fine. <laughs> Anything more than that? <laughs> I mean, I guess if you could wipe it off with just one clean sleeve, yeah, yeah, your, no, sleeve, your sleeve would be fine. Kleenex. But, if, but if you have so to go dainty. and get a towel, so you know, dainty, D Simon a, at the hog tissue. factory. Why can they give me a tissue? I don't want this hog. You're come dabbing off my face. it. D just dab it. Don't don't swipe. Don't uh, swipe it. You'll get it. You'll just move it around more. You should dab. But you know this guy's this guy's got to be the butt of many jokes. Mm -hmm. Probably be some altercations coming at work. 
because of this. Homophobe. So it was like the long, hard dick of God just reached down and slapped him across the face. So, no. Love your guys' show. Helps drown out the squeals of these screaming bitches every day. So keep it sick, keep it wrong. And that's weird. This guy's just got his iPod player listening to Sick and Wrong while he's mm-hmm. directing hog penises into a sow. That's mm-hmm. screaming. With pleasure. That is weird. I guess I would be listening to like Rammstein or something when I do that. Hmm. I couldn't imagine listening to like the Jew and the Nerd show. It'd be weird. You it for eight hours. You can't work, listen to Rammstein for eight hours. Yeah, I guess. So maybe a little diversion of sick and wrong. Still. The love and spoonful. <laughs> <laughs> that actually would work. Cream. There you go. Um. Anyway, uh, good luck with that. And uh, yeah, maybe you should wear a mask. Like a visor <laughs> That's what or I was something. Say. Yeah, it's like... Like a full hazmat suit. Because then I don't care. If it's just... I mean, if it's just like on the visor, just I don't give a shit. Just sprayed with cum on the visor. I don't care yeah, about that. I just hose my yeah. face off. It's like... The face it's, of my suit. Because as soon as you get that cum in your mouth, you're gay. So I hope your coworker knows this. No, if that is, if this is a is that gay question, I'm saying yes. It's gay. Yeah, I'm saying it's really gay. So uh, your coworker is gay and he's probably having sex he's probably sodomizing pigs um people can call sick wrong hotline 206-666-3846 um itunes best way to listen to the show just subscribe rate comment it uh boosts us it boosts our rating gives us more exposure more people can find out about sick and wrong and the more people that find out about sick and wrong the more interesting the phone calls are because they're just contributing. It's a community here. So just go to iTunes, rate, comment. We appreciate it. Also, uh, Sick and Wrong Facebook page is thriving. Facebook.com slash Sick and Wrong Podcast. Been updating a lot. A lot of uh, listener interaction there. So, uh, yeah, go subscribe. Um, I think actually not subscribe. I think you like the page. That's the, uh, the terminology. <laughs> I think people, our listeners probably know how Facebook works better than we do. So yeah, I I just, I don't understand it. Um, also t-shirts and prints available at the sick and wrong store, sick and wrong podcast.com slash store. You can support the show by a quad OT. You can get a print. I'll throw in some stickers. And, uh, finally, actually, uh, actually I purchased a PO box now. So you can, if you want to mail something to the show, uh, we used to have a PO box, I think Wackley got sick of, uh, didn't you have to like go to the ghetto to retrieve packages and like dodge bullets and then to go to this UPS and make it there before like 7 p.m.? <laughs> no. Where was it? <laughs> it was in a perfectly safe area of Oakland, but it just sucked to deal with. You never know when you might get an envelope full of naked Polaroids, some hot shit. Sure. I think most people know about, know about digital photography and in email now, but okay. I appreciate the Polaroids. Put them up on my wall. <laughs> retro to go with your, your records, your vinyl yeah. records. Okay. I have my retro camera and my vinyl. But anyway, if you want to mail us a package, just go to the stickaroundpodcast.com, uh, click on contact, and you'll see the P.O. Box address. Just make sure you send it to D. Simon or whatever that P.O. Box address is. It's on the contact yeah. page. There you go. Also, Stickarong's uh, Song of the Week here was sent in from Kev. Kev won a care package. I guess we read one of his stories, gave him credit a few weeks ago. But instead of getting the care package, he doesn't want the care package. He wants us to play one of his band songs. Hmm. So, sure, yeah, it's easier for me. I don't have to go to the post office. Promo. So, we're going to promote here uh, Kevin's band. They're called We Are the Brutus. 
And uh, the song is called Broken Windows. You know, actually, I, I, I thought first, you know, at, at first, uh, my first inclination was this probably some dirty punk rock band like the Mac Lads or something singing about like queefing sounds. And I thought Broken Wind would be like Broken Wind or something like that. But then actually I listened to it. You know, it's a very mod sound. It's kind of cool. It reminds me of the jam. <laughs> and uh, I like it. It's good. I like what you got going on there, okay. uh, Kev. So uh, he says, cheers, D. I hope you like the tune the guys selected to send. I really appreciate the plug. We are the Brutus. We got Dave over here on guitar and vocals. He likes his mod stuff. You got Kevin on bass guitar. I like this guy listed out like all the people in the band. Kevin, bass guitar and backing vocals. He likes his punk stuff. And this is my favorite guy, the drummer. Laws Laza. Just Laws. He's the drummer. Um, he likes anything. Laws is down for anything. Unfortunately, Laws, you know, as your band gets more famous, you probably will die and be replaced by another drummer. Will then die and be replaced by another drummer. So isn't that what happens with all bands that get famous? Yeah. The drummers just die. And then finally here, Gary's on keyboard and synth. He likes his 80s new wave. So what's, you got an eclectic bunch here in this band making good music. So, um... Go check them out. We are the Brutus on Facebook. And uh, yeah, Facebook.com. We are the Brutus there. Cheers, D. Kev. So Kev, uh, thank you for sending that song in. And uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll end the show here with Broken Windows um, by We Are the Brutus. People will be back next week with episode uh, 475. Till then, take a sleazy.